Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 220 and session number 65 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. I almost said live, but it is live. I'm live right now. It's just not live maybe when you're listening to this, but you get what I'm saying. It's me answering your questions that you submit via voicemail, and you can always submit a question by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And do me a favor, leave your first name and then your brief question. And then we can go ahead and uh, give you a personalized shout out because that's what I would love to do. And you guys hear me say this every single time that I do one of these sessions, which I can't believe it. It's been 65 sessions of Ask Scott. That's just insane. Uh, But it's because you guys keep submitting questions and I love it. And that just shows that we are, you know, we're growing right? We're, we're growing as a community and a lot of you are out there taking action. So that's really, really cool. I do want to remind you that if you're not part of the TAS community inside of the Facebook community, that is, you can always head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, that's for Facebook, obviously, and uh, you can request to join there. Usually in a few hours, you can uh, be accepted and then from there, you can learn from everyone else that's inside that community. And you guys have heard me talk about how powerful it is to be not just in the same room with people, which that's very powerful, but just being surrounded with people in other communities that are actively doing what you're doing. And just by you listening to this podcast is always feeding your brain with new ideas that could trigger something that could be like, wow, you know what? I'm going to try that or, oh, wow, that happened. So it's not weird that it happened to me too, you know? So you kind of get to, uh, to kind of feed your, your mind and your thoughts with more details about what you're currently doing. If that makes sense. I think the more that we can, you know, not just learn, cause I'm not just a big believer in just learning. Like I think we all should learn, but then you need to implement, right? And then you need to actually do something to see what the results could be, uh, right? So it's about, you know, consuming, but it's about doing as well. So definitely make sure when you do, you know, figure out something that you want to do, actually do it. That doesn't mean you have to jump in, you know, full bore, right? You don't have to go in and risk all of your savings. And then we're not saying that we're saying like, just do one small thing so you can get started. So if that's product research, get started on product research. If it's, uh, Contacting your suppliers, contact your suppliers. If it's reaching out, if it's reaching out about uh, liability insurance, then reach out about liability insurance. Whatever it is that you're at in in the journey, that's the thing that you need to start taking those small steps towards. So I don't know how I even started talking about that, but uh, you guys get what I'm saying, right? Small little things that we can do can turn into big things, and we don't just want to sit here and consume information. We want to actually implement uh, from doing. So again. Inside the community, you get a lot of people in there that are actually doing it, so it helps motivate and inspire you to do things as well, all right? The other thing I should remind you, if you guys are brand new to the podcast, first, I just want to welcome you and say thank you so much for tuning in. There is a free resource that I have available for you if you want to get caught up to speed really quickly. Actually, in 10 days, you can be caught up as far as like what it's going to take to get a product launched on Amazon. I created a free resource, a 10-day email course, and you can find that by heading over to free privately labelcourse.com and you can uh, register for that and you'll get that over the course of 10 days. There's videos, there's uh, you know me actually walking you through the entire process and I should remind you that if you guys want to check out the show notes or the transcripts to this episode or any other episode that is, this particular episode is at theamazingseller.com forward slash 
220. All right, guys, I am super excited to answer these next questions. I've actually got three solid questions that I'm going to address today, and I'm really excited to dive in there. So again, if you guys have a question that you want answered on the show, please submit them, and I'll go ahead and do my best to air them on the show. So what do you say, guys? Let's get started. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, hey, what's up, Scott? This is John from New Hampshire. Love your stuff. like to call you my Amazon pastor, leading me to the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Um, all right. My situation is uh, I've been on Amazon for about a year, uh, really enjoying it, love the adventure, love the challenge. Um, currently um, selling a product um, that's doing about 30 units a day. Um, my PPC is uh, running out of budget around 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Uh, my ACOS is between 20 and 30%. It's doing really well. Um, and I'm looking at this and going, man, I could, I could put more money into my budget and make more sales, which increases my ranking. Um, if you didn't have any inventory and budget issues, would you just go for it? Would you just keep increasing until you milked it for all it's worth? Um, that's not my situation, uh, but I was just curious about what you would do typically. Um, but then my, my question is, with the limited inventory I have and the limited budget that I'm working with currently, um, would you suggest staying steady? And making sure that you have inventory and making sure that your your budget is staying solid so that you can increase your business? Or do you um, increase your budget for your PPC, which makes you run out of inventory quicker um, and it may shrink your budget just a little bit so that you can't necessarily start digging into new products immediately? Um, but you get the sales rankings increasing, um, which are keywords increasing, which brings more sales. I'm curious what your thoughts are and uh, um, how you would go about it. So I uh, hope it's a good question and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Hey, John, thanks so much for the question and thanks for the milk and honey. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> that was cool. Uh, yeah, so, okay, you've got a pretty interesting situation and I think a lot of people listening would love to have that situation, including myself, right? Uh, you're telling me that you're running out of budget early in the day and if you kept that budget running that you could keep making more sales. So if I put a dollar in, I get $2 out or $3 out, right? I mean, that's like, uh, that's a dream come true if we can make that happen. The other thing that's going to happen is then you're going to start organically ranking for keywords and then your pay-per-click, uh, if you can even keep that going in as profitable and then you're organically getting sales, that's like... That's like the best of both worlds, right? Because a lot of times our pay-per-click is to help us drive sales so we can start ranking, you know, for our keywords so we can start ranking organically. So personally, it sounds like you have an inventory issue or a question of how much inventory do you want to have on hand? Um, so that's really what it comes down to. And that can be scary, right? Because right now things are running, running really well and you're like, you know, this is cool, right? If I just keep giving, you know, pay-per-click money, it's going to keep the sales coming. It's going to help me rank. And then, you know, life is good. But what if I go and order 5,000 units or 10,000 units and then all of a sudden Amazon, you know, takes my legs out, right? Now 
all of those sales that I was relying on through Amazon, I'm going to have a hard time getting rid of those things. It might take me three years to get rid of those things. And that's where you got to kind of have that balance, right? And you got to have your own risk tolerance of as far as like what you feel comfortable doing. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. But what I would say is that, you know, once you get the opportunity to start taking some of the money that you're earning and rolling that into an external funnel, which we talked about in episode 219 just recently and uh, 218, I think we talked about it as well. That's really like the next thing because here's the deal. If for some reason something happened to Amazon and you have all those, you know, all those uh, pieces of inventory, you're able to still sell them on your on your external channel as long as you can get external traffic. So that would be my only question there. So what I would probably do is I would try to to scale it, uh, not like all at once. Like I would try to say, okay, let me because you know the other thing that can happen too is if you add more money to your budget, it may again give you more traffic, but that doesn't mean necessarily that all that additional traffic is going to convert, right? So you have to kind of do that slowly. So let's say, for example, uh, you know, like right now you are, uh, let's say, for example, you are uh, spending $100 a day. Well, let's say, for example, you want to, you know, bring that up to $150 a day. And you do that and you do get, you know, maybe some additional sales, but then also you might see that your conversion might go, uh, you know, might go down. So you do worse, you know, as far as the the spend. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to spend money and you're going to make more money. Hopefully that happens and it continues to happen. It probably will by the sounds of it, but you have to still test that slowly by increasing that number. Um, but then the other thing is, is okay, how much inventory do you have right now? How much you are capable of buying more of? And if you can buy more inventory, uh, you know, and I say this kind of like at a slower pace, but yet if it's gonna, if you're shipping it by boat, it's gonna be a three month turnaround. If you're shipping it by air, you might be in a better situation. You get it every 30 days, and then you can you can predict or project what the 30 day run is gonna be. So maybe if you're ordering a thousand now, you might want to then say, let me try ordering two thousand. That way, there you're you're inching your way up versus saying like I'm just gonna go for it and order you know 15,000 units, right? So I guess what I'm saying is. I would try to dial that up and try to uh, to see if I can keep bringing that budget up and continue to increase my sales. Now, the problem that you're saying is you're going to run out of inventory. So is it better to stay steady? Well, yes, it is because you don't really want to run out of inventory, but I kind of got a feeling that even if you ran out of inventory and then you get inventory back in and you turn on your pay-per-click, you're probably going to get back up and running again. Um, but I can't say for sure, right? I mean, that's always a risk that we take. But what you might want to do is just play around with what you're doing right now to keep the inventory in, order you know a larger amount, maybe you know an extra 500 or 1,000 pieces, depending on how much your product costs. I'm, I don't even know those details. I'm, I'm assuming it's something that uh, you can uh, you can afford at a lower price, uh, but if it's if you're selling a, a higher ticket price, right, something that's sixty dollars and it costs you twenty or thirty dollars, you might only want to order an extra hundred units. Um, you know, so it really depends on your situation. But I would probably start by number one, having more inventory on hand, and then starting to to scale up the pay per click until I seen that my numbers weren't making sense anymore. And then you're going to also see that you're going to start ranking more organically, and then your sales will increase automatically there as well. I think that is um, the path that I would go down with your current situation, okay? So hopefully this has helped you. Again, John, thank you so much for being a listener, and congratulations on the 30 sales a day. The other thing I would also like to add to this is I would probably start thinking about that 
second product or third product, right? I would start building that out so you're not relying on just that one product, okay? So just a little side note there for you. Start doing that like ASAP. That's the one thing I definitely would be uh, looking into as well. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Tony from San Diego. Um, I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast. Stumbled across it a couple months ago. Love what I hear. It actually has inspired me to uh, get started on this Amazon thing. But um, my question is surrounding uh, a launch of a new product, and it's actually something probably different than what you normally get, um, simply because my what I want to launch as a new product is actually not found on Amazon. Um, it's actually an invention that my wife and I have uh, come up with. Um, to be completely honest with you, we actually were inspired by this idea through something we found, uh, more actually my wife found, on uh, Pinterest. And uh, when we did a Google search on this item, we found that it's not something that you can really buy. The only, the only thing you find is just how to make it on Pinterest. Um, when we do a search on Amazon, it's not on there. When you search like a relevant keyword or something, it's not on there. And anyways, we, we have essentially we made the product and after using it for a while, we've made improvements on it. We have some different things we did to it and um, essentially it's a brand new brand new product, more or less an invention. Um, a little bit about the product itself. It's a it's actually a kit. Um, of different things put together, um, which means you can also not only sell the kit itself, but also there's accessories that go along with it. So it's not just one item. You would be able to sell multiple items, add-on items, that type of stuff. We, th- after doing a little bit of research, we think that the uh, the the starter kit would sell for around sixty to seventy bucks. And after doing a search on Alibaba. And just kind of adding up what the wholesale price would be just for the pieces to make it. Um, we think it'll cost us about $30 or so to make it and get it here to the States. And then, again, sell it for 60 or $70. Bucks. Um, we, we want to launch it on Amazon first just because we think that's a great opportunity just to get some buyers. But like I said, the product is not uh, the product's not on Amazon. It's not something that's really... There's not really much things that are similar to it, and so it would be something brand new. And so, anyways, my question is surrounding um, what your thought process thought process is on doing something like this. Um, is it something that you would actually follow through and do, or would you stick to what you you know basically I'll, I'll teach already is just more or less finding a product that's already sold on Amazon, making a tweak to it, and then selling it. Um, so anyways, that's, that's more or less my question. Uh, look forward to hearing this answered on a future podcast and, uh, hope everything's going well. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for the question and being a listener, a new listener that is uh, past few months. So, uh, awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening. And uh, yeah, you've got a, uh, a pretty interesting, uh, situation here. And normally I don't say take an invention and put it up on Amazon because there's a lot of work that has to go into that invention, right? There's a lot of uh, things, uh, that have to be done to get that product made. And then you're risking if it's even going to sell. So it's kind of risky, right? But 
from what I'm gathering from what you're saying is you're kind of building this custom kit that is a bunch of parts that might already be made, but you're putting that together to solve a certain problem or help with a certain thing. So that's a little bit different, right? We're not starting with like creating our own mold or our own design or, you know, having something that's completely done from scratch. So that's a little bit different. The other thing that you said that it was going to cost you about $20, $30 uh, to, to make this kit. And, uh, and you know, that right there, again, it's, it's a little expensive to experiment with, but depending on how many you can have made, I would probably, uh, myself personally, I would probably do a test run, right? I would put something up. I would go ahead through the whole process that we talk about as far as a launch goes. I don't necessarily think that I would have to give away a ton of units because especially it's a higher ticketed price. So you might only want to give away a few just to kind of get uh, some reviews coming in. But there's probably, and I'm, I'm assuming this here, if it's a kit for something, there's probably a certain thing that surrounds this, uh, you know, this market that you're going after, right? So those are going to be the keywords that you're going to be targeting. So this way here, when someone's looking for the certain thing, they're going to see your item and then that's going to get their interest. Your, your idea isn't probably a brand new concept, uh, because let's just say that your kit is for, you know, people that are doing a certain craft or whatever. I, I don't know what it is, but let's just say it is. Well, there's there's a certain name for that craft, and then you would go and target that, and then your product would be showing up for those people that are looking for that other thing, and then that would catch their attention. That's how you would have to go at that, and then that would be a test to see if it's going to work. The other thing to do that you could do is if you ordered a really small quantity, and maybe you fulfill them by merchant, you don't fulfill them by Amazon, and then you can turn on some uh, pay-per-click, and then you can can go ahead and see what kind of impressions you're getting, what kind of clicks you're getting, and that type of stuff. Like I said, it's going to be hard to say until you actually get a product to market, and that's why if you if you have to buy a certain number of these units and they're going to cost you 30 bucks a piece uh, and you're going to sell them for 60, I mean, that's great and all, but your FBA fees are going to be higher because they're taking a percentage of the entire sale and all that stuff, so in the beginning, if you did Fulfilled by Merchant, you might, you might have a, a, a better... Uh, you know, I guess a uh, less expense, but you're also not going to get the push that you would with like, you know, prime members and all that stuff because it's merchant fulfilled. Uh, so that's something to think about. The other thing to think about is like, okay, let's say that your item is costing you $30 to produce and you're, and you're going to sell it for 60 or 70. Eventually, if we order enough, can we get that cost down to $20? And then that's going to make more sense too to fulfill by Amazon because, you know, we have to make sure our margins are right, especially on an item like that too. If you get a return, well, that's a pretty big uh, expense that you're going to swallow, uh, you know, if they return that item. So something else to think about when you're doing more expensive products. But I would say uh, that, you know, it's something that I would probably uh, test. I would do that if I didn't have to go and spend a, a ton of money uh, on, a, on a large run, right? If I could test it out with, uh, you know, 50 units or 100 units um, to put it together, that might be an option. The other thing that I would be considering is what other products would be sold in, in alignment with this particular kit or this particular a bundle of products that help with another thing. You mentioned variations. I think that's another thing that you could do. You could break this kit apart and sell them individually. So now instead of having one listing, you could have four uh, or however many parts there are in there. So that's the, that's the other cool thing about that. But I would also be thinking to myself, 
Is this a market that is going to buy other products that this product is potentially helping them with that then you can maybe even private label those as not being more of a, a totally uh, brand new concept, right? It's, it's going to lead people into that kit in, in a sense. So hopefully, I mean, this makes sense. I mean, I don't know the product, so I can't really say for sure. And I'm trying to use, uh, I'm trying to use examples that uh, could pertain to your situation, but I think that you, I think that you get it, right? I mean, you know, it's it's a great idea, but we don't have any proof of concept right now. And the only way to get proof of concept is to get a product to market. And if you're going to do that, then you have to get a product to market to see. And you can do that just by using uh, Amazon Pay Per Click as well. Um, the other thing you can do too is go into some Facebook groups that are in this market, in, into some groups or some some Facebook fan pages, and go in there and just ask people if this is something that they'd be interested in. Right? Ask people. Uh, you could even run some uh, Facebook ads to this, uh, you know, to a page or uh, you know that a page that explains this idea, almost like a Kickstarter in a sense, and to see if this is something that people would want. Just another idea. Um, you got to kind of be creative here, but you also want to reduce the amount of risk that you could be, uh, you know, taking on. If you guys have ever watched uh, Shark Tank, you guys know that whenever someone comes in and they go, I mortgaged my house, I borrowed 100000 from my parents, and this is going to be the next best thing. And then they're like, okay, how much do you have in sales? And they're like, well, this is just a, a you know, this is just a prototype. We, we don't actually have one on market yet. And they're just like, why? Like you need to have, you know, proof of concept before you go through and you invest all of that money and time into something that you just think is a great idea. We need to know it's a great idea by people actually putting their hard-earned money out there and buying it. Um, it's funny. We just did that interview with Mike Jackness who um, sells uh, like coloring books and, you know, uh, colored pencils and stuff for that market, for the adult coloring market. And he was saying that he had a great idea for like a watercolors. He was going to launch a watercolor coloring book well he had an email list and uh, he asked the email list like if they would want that and majority of them said no they wouldn't so guess what he didn't launch the coloring book for watercolors right so he's not going to do that Uh, so again you have to listen to the market and Amazon allows us to see what's already currently selling unfortunately you're not usually the first to market but in this case you could uh, you could test it just by doing a small run, or you can go into Facebook fan pages or groups in your market and ask them if this is something that they would be interested in. All right, so hopefully that's helped you or anyone else out there thinking about inventing their own product. Um, I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I do think that it's risky, and you have to be able to go in there and reduce the amount of risk by testing and validating before you go through and and go for it 100%. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to one more question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Nigel from Vancouver, Canada. Thank you so much for being so generous and sharing all your knowledge on this topic with us all around the world. I have a question about pay-per-click. I understand that Phrase Match was supposed to help lower our ACOS and be more cost-effective with PPC. However, when I added my search term to Phrase Match, I noticed that my ACOS went up to 172% compared to 24% when it was in broad match. So I'm looking for some advice if, if you can share to help me lower my ACOS. A couple of ideas that I thought might be causing a problem are, one is I put a fairly generic popular search term in phrase match, such as garlic press, and maybe that's why it's being overly expensive. Secondly, maybe I need to let the campaign run a little bit longer. I've been running it for about three weeks. 
I've been uh, online, selling online for about two months now after listening to lots of your podcasts, and I appreciate all the help you've been giving us. Hope you can um, help shed some light on my topic. Thank you very much. Hey, Nigel, thank you so much for the question. And yes, pay-per-click. Love it, right? We love pay-per-click. I'm a huge fan, as you guys know. You've heard me talk about it before, and you'll hear me talk about it in the future. Amazon's sponsored ad platform allows us to get our product in front of customers on day one if we want to spend the money, right? Beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, so you bring up some good points. Now, number one You know, when you are starting your campaign, you're usually starting it as an auto-targeted campaign or you are doing a uh, suggested keyword campaign or you're doing a manual campaign and yours may be manual and you're going to put it in as garlic press and you're going to run that as a broad match. Well, when you do that, it's going to not just show up for garlic press, it's going to show up for, for anything really related to garlic press and that could trigger that search. Right. So the first thing that you're doing is you're going in after you've run that for seven, 14, seven to 14 days, something like that. You're going to look at the reports and you're going to see the actual search terms that people are searching for. That's the only time that I would put a phrase match in there personally is to see exactly what it is that people are searching for, because a phrase match, anyone that's brand new, a phrase match means that garlic press would have to be in that search term. Okay, it would have to be in there, not just garlic. Uh, or not just press, both of them together in that order would have to be there, and then you could have something on the front of it, or you could have something on the back of it, and the reason why your conversion probably went down is because that particular keyword wasn't necessarily the one that was driving all of the all of the impressions and clicks and sales, right? You have to look at the numbers of what actually was generating the sales. So the only time that you're going to pull out keywords and put them into a phrase match is not the ones that you think, I'm using air quotes, the ones that you think that are the best keywords because it's the it's the main keyword. You want to go after you want to use phrase for the ones that you know people have searched for, that have clicked on and that have purchased. That's when you move that into a phrase match. So I would say um, I agree with you that the problem is is you're probably too broad on that and it's not necessarily the one that is bringing you in all the sales. So by doing that, you're not allowing it to go out side of that particular one. That's why broad is is, uh, so important, especially in the discovery stage. Um, If you guys or even you have not listened to um, the podcast I did with Chris Schaefer back in episode 119, we break that all down uh, as far as like what broad matches, phrase match, and then what exact matches, negative keywords, and all of that stuff. Um, We actually go through that in that episode. That's episode 119. You can find that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 119 or or you can go to the show notes to this, which the show notes will be uh, for this one will be at uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash 220 and the transcripts and all that will be there as well. But I would definitely recommend going back on that and checking that out. The other thing that you mentioned is, is maybe you didn't let it go long enough. That's true. Um, but again, how many keywords are in that campaign? Because here's the thing. When you have a campaign and let's say you have five keywords in it and you're looking at your at your ACOS on that campaign. There could be two keywords in that campaign that are performing really well, and then you have other ones that maybe the next, the other three that are performing poor. 
um, even though they might have performed better when they were in abroad. So what you need to do then is look at the inside of that campaign, look at those keywords and see the ones that are performing well and the ones that aren't performing well, and then pausing the ones or putting in a negative keyword in that campaign. So that way there, that campaign isn't being brought down. The ACOS is not being brought down because of those keywords that aren't performing well. Um, so you really need to drill into that campaign. Um, I recently did this, um, this exact thing on a product launch that we just did. And I did exactly what I, you know, talk about in episode 119. I ran an auto campaign and a suggested keyword campaign against the listing. We let it go for, I think it was seven to 10 days. We then seen the keywords that were converting, the exact keywords that were converting by pulling a report. And then from there, we've moved them over into another campaign. Uh, And then what I did, I did this a little bit different too. I didn't put that into a phrase match. I just put the ones that converted as a broad match into their own campaign. So the budget was being focused on just those keywords. And now what I'm doing is I'm going to look at those numbers in another seven to 10 days and see which ones have converted further and the exact keywords that are, that are, uh, that are performing. And then I'm going to move them into a phrase match and then start focusing that budget 100% on those and keeping an eye on the broad. So it's a process, you know, and you kind of have to kind of go through these different stages and you do have to let it run. A lot of people get panicking in the beginning. They'll run an auto campaign or a suggested keyword campaign. They'll let it run for three days. They'll go, Oh wow, I got a ton of clicks, but I got no sales. That's because they didn't let it run its course. Amazon takes a while to report and also people could add something to a cart after the click but they don't finalize their order for three days so you have to give it time uh, so I always look at like last week's or uh, you know month to date or last month um, I'll look at those usually it's going to be last week or um, last month that I look at and then this current month you got to remember if you're seeing uh, this month or up to, to this month's date, you're also getting maybe yesterday's numbers, which is going to skew your overall month until it's finalized. So I know it was kind of long winded, but you know, I talk about pay-per-click uh, quite a lot and uh, I like it and I'm still learning it myself. So uh, whatever I can do to uh, to bring that to all the TASers out there, I'm going to do that. And anything I learn, I'll bring it to the podcast, uh, whether it's good or bad. All right, so hopefully that's helped you. I think, again, it's going to uh, come down to you just really going in there and looking at the actual numbers and the keyword searches that are being done and then uh, focusing in on that. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Ask Scott session, number 65 that was. And uh, yeah, I just want to let you guys know, if you guys have any questions you want me to answer on an upcoming show, head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that leave a voicemail leave your first name please and uh, that would be awesome the other thing that I would uh, like to remind you anyone that's brand new if you guys wanted to go through my free 10-day course you can head over to free private label course.com You'll register over there, uh, and then from from there, you'll get an email that will give you all the details on how to go through that 10-day course, and uh, you'll basically get everything that it takes to get a product up and running on Amazon uh, through those 10 days, and I'll show you exactly what I did and what others are doing as well. So again, that's freeprivatelabelcourse.com, and uh, yeah, just the last thing I'd like to say too is for all of you uh, listeners out there, I want to thank you guys again for hanging out with me on another 
Ascot session. And if you're listening to this on the day it airs, it's on a Friday. So have an amazing weekend. If you're listening to this during the week, have an awesome week. And uh, just to let you guys know too, I really appreciate everyone that's sharing the podcast with people that they feel will get value from it. I really do appreciate that. And if you guys are following me on Periscope, uh, I really enjoy hanging out with you guys too. And if you're not, you can always follow me by heading over to periscope.tv forward slash Scott Volker. You'll find me there. And I do random Periscopes over there where we're just kind of talking about things that are happening, uh, whether it's mindset, whether it's business stuff, whether it's life stuff. I'm just kind of over there having a good time with uh, all of my Periscope followers. So yeah, definitely check me out over there. So guys, that's it. That is going to wrap up this session. I want to again say thank you and remember that I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud and say it very, very proud today. Please take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Peace.